21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Why don't I start a little bit about um, what I do now? Uh, that kind of, and then the, the past will inform kind of how I got to where I am. And the way I say what we do now, so I'm the CEO of Shift Financial Insights, and we make accounting not suck for entrepreneurs. The reality is accounting sucks. So I'm a CPA and I think accounting sucks. Uh, CPA, at least in my part of the world, chartered professional accountant. And I've been a CPA for about 20 years, but to be honest, I, I, I think of myself more as an entrepreneur than an accountant. I've actually had businesses in manufacturing. I actually had a manufacturing business for 15 years. Um, one of our products was actually hand sanitizer. So you could imagine uh, the time we're in right now, if I was still in that, we'd be going crazy with hand sanitizer. Uh, interestingly, we actually started hand sanitizer um, during SARS. That's when my company launched our first hand sanitizer. Then, of course, H1N1, it spiked again. And then now it's going crazy. And I actually have a couple of uh, people that I'm, I'm coaching, I'm doing some business coaching for, who've actually moved. They were in the um, uh, craft distillery business, and now they're doing hand sanitizer because there's so much demand, obviously. Uh, so I had that business for 15 years. I also had a, a construction business. We built custom homes, um, nothing on spec, no development, somebody who owned a piece of land and wanted to build their dream home. And I had a partner in both of those businesses. Uh, I, so I was in that business for about seven years and I, it was the same partner. So we, we, he invited me into the construction business. And I was also involved in a, in a business, a family business of uh, cold storage. So uh, public refrigerated warehousing. So giant, so, you know, warehousing, but frozen. So, uh, of course, where I'm from in Vancouver, uh, these were in um, just south of the border. So in Seattle and Tacoma, Washington. And so if you can imagine in that region, a lot of fish came through there, a lot of beef products. Uh, interestingly, um, carbon fiber, carbon fiber that was used in, in manufacturing um, had to be kept at temperature before the manufacturing process. So we had a, a whole facility dedicated just to carbon fiber. Uh, so I, I've, been, I've been more of an entrepreneur than an accountant. And about, uh, I guess, maybe five or six years ago, I'd, I'd exited all of those businesses. Um, honestly, partly because I wasn't passionate about it. I didn't, I didn't really love what I was doing day to day. And I took a little bit of time to figure out what was next in my life. You know, it's those times when, when you, you kind of wake up and you're not exactly sure what to do. I, I invited some of that time into my life. And by, by chance, I was at, a, at an event. Um, I'm very involved also with the Entrepreneurs Organization, which is a global, we have members around the world. You have to be an owner um, uh, to be part of the organization. I've been, I've been involved for almost 15 years. And I was in an event from somebody who was explaining to entrepreneurs the difference between how the bank looks at your books and how you look at your books, if you even understand them. And I remember, I, you know, he was a really great speaker, but very technical. And at the end of it, the, one of the guys sitting at the table knew I was out of all my businesses. He knew I was also an accountant. And he said, hey, Spencer, can you put this into business, into my business for me? And, and I had this aha moment, you know, those moments of clarity. And I'm like, you know, the, the, all the information this speaker is talking about is so important, but entrepreneurs know it's important. They don't know how to do it. They don't know, like entrepreneurs hate accounting and they hate their books and they're stuck. They're frustrated. You know, I hear people say things like, I'm not getting the information I need to run my business. I don't really know what information I need. I just know I'm not getting it. So, 
yeah, that was kind of the birth of what I'm doing now, which I've been doing for the last few years. Um, and really, again, making accounting not suck, you know, seeing it from an entrepreneur's perspective rather than the accountant's perspective. So that's kind of what I'm doing now uh, from a business. And that's, that's how I spend most of my days. And I'm, I'm also really excited about that. And I'm excited about a vision for kind of what's next. You know, there's so much disruption happening in the accounting world that what I see is actually disrupting that in terms of how financial information is delivered and analyzed for entrepreneurs. That's kind of the, you know, it's, it's one thing getting the books right. It's the next thing getting the story out of the numbers to really, really use that to make great decisions. You know, so many entrepreneurs, even if their books are right, they're not understanding them. So, so that's my passion. That's what I love to do. And you're very good looking person and oh. you have a great energy <laughs> so are you in you. any any kind of sport activities um yeah so uh most people think i'm a bit crazy on top of the fact i'm an accountant which people think is crazy and um i've actually I, i've been into endurance sport for a long time i love um ultra marathons believe it or not um so i've run everything from you know, 50 kilometers up to a hundred miler, which is 160 kilometers um, in a miles. race. A hundred miles. Yeah. Really? In one race. Um, yeah. That took me about 30 hours. Uh, and the, o- <laughs> the other thing that's, that's even crazier is it's a trail run. And there was, uh, I think it was, I can't remember how much it was. I think it was 20 or 21,000 feet oh of elevation God. gain and loss. So not only, not only were we running a hundred miles, but it was up and down the whole time. And, yeah, that was, that was, where you know, was, I'm not. Where was your brain during the process? Yeah, that's everybody's favorite question. Um, two things, a lot, one, you know, it, it, it comes and goes. So in part is sometimes it's just literally, ow, 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 <laughs> this sucks. This is horrible. Why do you do this? This is awful. And then so other times it just gets into a rhythm. And, you know, a lot of people think, and, and I can only share what happens to me. Other people might be different, but you know, they think it's almost like this meditative Zen Buddhist, you know, where you go off and you float into this nothingness. No, not for me. My brain is going just as fast when I'm running as when I'm not. Um, so, you know, there've, there've been times when I've pushed so hard that just, I was completely done and then you just almost go numb. Um, I haven't actually done a race for a number of years. I ran into some, I've had chronic back issues my whole life, like since I was um, about 15 and it's, I'm 46 now. And, you know, it's amazing that I was even able to do all those races and I don't blame the running for my back issues because I had them long before, but I ended up in a period for three years where I was in pain every day. And in fact, you know, anybody that's had bad back pain, you know, those episodes of two and three days where I couldn't get out of bed, you've had that too. Yeah. And, so, you know, I, I kind of started having more of those episodes and I, I decided, you know, now I, I'm really into to fitness. I'm really into kind of intense one hour uh, biking. I mean, right now during COVID, I, I'm on my bike trainer and I'm connected to Zwift. I don't know if you've heard of that. You're nodding. Um, you know, and I was riding with a friend in um, where were we last at? Not London. We were in, uh, I can't even remember, but they have cities around the world you can ride yeah, in and you yeah. can do it as a group. So great. So I'm, I'm more focused on kind of the shorter, more intense workouts that are good for fitness. Um, 
but not maybe tearing my body down. Because let's be honest, doing an ultra marathon is not good for you. Um, it's really not. <laughs> tips and tricks uh, regarding going from discomfort uh, zone mm. to comfort zone oh uh, you know um, and if you can match it with with business of course I do a fair amount of speaking on the topic yeah, the, 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 my talk is called unf your books you can figure out what the F means you know I actually use running as, as quite a, a lens into business you know um, mm -hmm. when you're running you know you're chafing a lot um, you know, imagine running for 20 hours, uh, wherever skin rubs on skin, it gets raw and chafed and it can get so bad. It'll knock you out of the race. Like I've been bleeding before from chafing, right? Wow. Same thing with business, right? Like you have these areas that are sensitive that like, you know, kind of rubbing, you know, quote unquote rubbing for years and years and years. And if you don't apply the, the anti-chafe balm, you know, body glide or, or chamois butter, whatever your anti-chafe of choice is you know, those pains can get so bad, it'll knock you out of the race. So kind of to your question of, you know, how do you move into comfort? I mean, two things. One, I think most important, it's, it's a function of being comfortable, being uncomfortable. You know, every time I run for hours and do an ultra marathon, it hurts, it sucks, it's not fun. So, but it's a matter of just practicing being uncomfortable. Same can thing you, in can you Can you, excuse me, can you explain a little bit more? Be, yeah. So being in, in, being so, comfortable, being yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So like I remember years ago when I just started getting into running ultras, there was a group of us that would run and, and one of the women was, she's just a great runner, better than me. And we would go out for a run. And I remember we went out for like, I think it was a five hour run on Saturday. And she was going to go for a three hour run on Sunday. I'm like, oh my God, really? And she goes, yeah, I have to get used to running on tired legs so that when my legs get tired, I'm just used to running on them. And so, you know, that's the sport version in business. You know, when you have setbacks, when you're frustrated, say about your books or you don't understand how to address the books, the, the comfort comes from, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's always uncomfortable. There's always challenges. There's always an and rather than taking those setbacks, taking those challenges as a frustration, as a, oh my God, as a, oh, this is horrible, taking it as an opportunity to grow and become better. Same thing in a race. When you learn how to run for three or four or five hours when your legs are done, next time you can run further. In business, you know, when you're up again, when a client, when your, your biggest client quits on you or fires you. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I don't have enough revenue to make payroll next week. It forces you to find a solution that's bigger and better. I mean, I, I'm, I think everybody's pretty tired of talking about COVID right now. You know, my business, we lost 35% of our revenue, oh. not because our clients, you know, our clients would call us, say, look, we're closed. Yep. We have clients who are in the event business. There's zero mm -hmm. events going on. Mm -hmm. We have clients who are in retail. There's no, there's no retail going on or at least in their type of retail, they weren't in food. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they called us and it's like, well, of course, you know, we'll work with you because we want to come back online with you when things get better and who knows when. And so, you know, rather than being in this mode, you know, I was in a terrible place 
you went kind of all of the official shutdowns started rolling out and it was like a domino effect of everybody closing down and the big, you know, at least in my part of the world when all the big sporting leagues and all of that just created this big uh, knock on effect. You know, in Europe first, as well. In Europe of as well. course, of course. Yeah. I, I'm, we were after you um, yeah. by, you know, several weeks. Yeah. And, um, you know, as, as that happened to, as, you know, when it first happened, I, I went into a really dark place and it only was one day. And then I realized like, you know, there's actually an opportunity here to rethink the business model, to rechallenge everything we're doing and all of this discomfort about, you know, 35% of revenue. That's a lot of revenue for any business. And I know Absolutely. businesses lost 80, 90, a hundred percent. You know, I'm kind of lucky to only have lost 35. Um, but we reevaluated and we've taken the last six weeks. So for us, this has been six weeks. I know for you a lot longer, but we've basically restructured so much of our business and used it as an opportunity because I've gotten to a point where I'm comfortable in those uncomfortable situations. You know, there's, there's a speaker out here, a former U.S. Navy SEAL, David Goggins. You know, he talks about embrace the suck. You know, embrace the fact that it sucks because the more you can perform when things aren't good, imagine how easy it's going to be performed when things are good. You know, like, but you know, you run for five hours when your legs are tired. Imagine how good you feel when you only have to run for 90 minutes. It's amazing. Same thing. You know, we, I'm, my business is going to be, is, is already stronger and will be so much stronger when our, our, the rest of our customers We've won new clients because we've changed how we market our business. We've won new clients because we've offered a service that we're seeing clients need really desperately now. So we've taken this really uncomfortable situation and really used it as an opportunity to become better and grow. And that's really what I mean by like getting comfortable with the discomfort, be it in sport or be it in business and life. You know, same thing with relationships. I look at it, you know, when you're having a tough time with your significant other, it's a great opportunity to actually learn and grow. And maybe we're not communicating well. Maybe, maybe we need to, to set time aside in the week to focus on whatever it is that you need. You know, the hard times are the, are the, are the, the looking glass, the lens into good times in the future. That's, that's the, that's the mindset I, I try to live to. You know, sometimes it, I just think it sucks. I mean, it just is what it is. Let's immerse a little bit more into your mindset before going sure. on to your business model. So on the, yeah. on the personal level, uh, do you have any thoughts regarding your breathing, your contact mm -hmm. with yourself, anything mm -hmm. like that? Sure. So I, I have a practice that I've been using for a while and actually starts in the evening. Um, of course, gratitude, and I don't want to get into too many things that are pretty common practice now, but I do, I reflect what are three or four great things that happened today, you know, just prime the mind before bed. I, um, and then one of the things that I think is one of the most important um, things I've brought is what it, I think about this before bed, what is the most important question I'm trying to answer? It's usually like a problem or something I'm frustrated or stuck with, and I just put it in my journal. Um, I do a few other things to prepare for bed because I think sleep is so critical, you know, temperature in the room, make it dark. Um, I track my sleep, of course. Um, uh, so there's a few things I do sort of tactically around sleep. And then in the morning, so when I get up, I, of course, start my day with gratitudes. I do a meditation. Um, I do a guided meditation and I use a device that actually measures my heart rate variability 
and my uh, breathe, my breath rate during meditation. And I, I wear earbuds and it gives me a little tone when it, my, my, my breathing, it falls out of consistency. Can you, or my can you tell rate. us the, the, the name of the device? Yeah, there, there's two that I use. One is called uh, Inner Balance. Okay. Uh, I think the website is I Love Heart Math. Yeah, I have no yeah, financial is. interest in mm -hmm. it. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, I am. Yeah, so I use that, and the other one's Muse, M-U-S-E. Yeah, Muse, Muse. Yeah, probably the most used one at the yeah. moment globally. Yeah. So I go back and forth between those two as part of the meditation. Then, of course, I come back and do a gratitude, and then I spend a little bit of time journaling about my question from the night before. And you know, the the concept is it goes into your subconscious overnight, and then you think about it after meditation when you get your mind in the right space. Um, and so there's that. And then there's a number of, um, uh, physical things I do. So, um, excuse me, how I, long do you sleep? Uh, my Usually, goal, yeah, my goal. So I'm, I tend to try and be in bed by 10 and sort okay. of like preparing right. so that at mm -hmm. 10 PM and I don't use an alarm, uh, but I'm mm -hmm. always up before six, oh, so okay. seven and a half. So you have um, the whole cycle. You have the REM part of it. Yeah. The, the 90 minute, you know, yeah. five 90 minute cycles is uh -huh. always my Beautiful. goal. Um, and then I use an aura ring. Uh, I've lost it actually recently. So I have to order a new one. Um, okay. I play with things too much. You know, I, I'm yeah, fiddly, so I take it off. I put it down somewhere. I don't know where. Um, I keep hoping it shows up, but I haven't found it. So yeah, I track my sleep through the aura ring so I can exactly see those sleep cycles. Um, because you know, sleep is, as you know, one of the most important things yeah, sure. you can do for. Sometimes you hear speakers and they talk about you need to want to be successful more than you want to sleep, and I'm like, I disagree. The sleep is going to help be successful. So, I understand you. Um, what about eating? Now, eating I mean, I, I spoke with a, a lot. lot of guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I spoke with a lot of guys. I don't know about you. You 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 have your podcast as well. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about uh, not eating before, let's say, noon or yeah. what's, what's, your, what's your habit? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm pretty, so health and mental health and physical health to me are all combined. So, I, you know, the same way I'm very, you know, you could almost say obsessive about sleep. Um, uh, same thing about eating. I mean, I'm certainly not perfect. Um, so I tend to do intermittent fasting. Um, uh -huh. You know, I tend to finish eating around eight and I usually don't start until 10 a.m. Um, but that's maybe four to five times a week. I don't do it every day. Mm -hmm. um, and I tend to follow not a perfect, but a pretty close uh, keto style diet. So, you know, 50% fat, 30% protein, 20% uh, carbs. I'm a little bit higher on carbs, mostly because I add more fruit and vegetable. Um, so for me, I just learned over time that when I get into refined flours and refined sugars, that's my problem. Um, I, you know, that's an energetic problem. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not fat by any uh, measure. No, you, no, no, you are not definitely. But what, what do you <laughs> but mean around by my sugars? belly? But what around my belly. Gets so huh. white, white okay. sugar, white sugar. Ah, uh, white um, sugar. Okay. Um, so like I, I don't, and yes, technically speaking, fruit sugar, then the body treats it the same way. But I find if I eat an apple or an orange, it's very different than I eat. So do you, bar. so excuse me, do you use shaker? Because I, I, mm -hmm. I found out that if, if I take too much apples and put it mm -hmm. in the shaker, 
-hmm. I will get too much sugar, so it's mm -hmm. not very, well, very, very healthy. Yeah. So. 21st century entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Do you have any contact with, with your body, with your mm -hmm. higher self, or how, how do you manage it? Um, for me, it's an energetic. So mm -hmm. I'm aware of my energy. And so one of the things that happened when I was running, actually, after I ran the 100 miler, um, that was in, when was that? That was 2013. So after 2008, um, I had three businesses that were all struggling at the same time and I was running ultra marathons wow. and my body crashed and it took me a yeah. couple of years to recover. So I'm a actually very years to recover. Years, can you, can years. you please explain yeah. it in more details? So it would be like at 7 PM, 8 PM. If I was out with friends, I just wanted to go home and go to bed. Mm. Um, I couldn't sleep enough. I, you know, like I'm an ultra distance runner and I was you know, quitting. I was like, you know, I had a run planned and I wouldn't go and I just sit at home. You know, I'd How be on the couch. How much hours did you, did, you, did you work at that time? Like uh, uh, work or workout? Sport? No, or? no, no, not workout. Work, yes. working. Um, so I've always tried to be, rel so depends what you define work. I work a regular-ish work hour. So that would be kind of I mean, of three businesses. So regarding your yeah i mean we had a full management team and two of uh -huh, them so okay. um you know i would say it was kind of like 50 hour work week but the problem is the brain never stops ah, okay so like at eight o'clock at night i'm still thinking about ah, what happened okay, during the okay. day and so when you talk about so a lot of my morning practice and my evening practice is around getting my brain away from the problems that i'm dealing uh -huh. with you know get out of that negative space because I think that's as an entrepreneur that's what really brings us down so much is all of the problems we never run out of problems as an entrepreneur Absolutely. and that's why that's where kind of that embrace the suck mindset comes in is these aren't problems these are opportunities to learn and grow and get better um, and so you know when I was in that burnout I just wanted to be home I just I it wasn't motivated I didn't want to do the when I had work to do I didn't want to do it everything with, you know, my, my girlfriend at the time who I'm not with and my best friend both said, we think you're depressed. And I'm like, I don't think I'm depressed. I'm just tired. Like I just, I, I have no energy and I don't know, maybe that is depressed, but I think I put my body under so much stress because the, 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 the stress of having three businesses struggling at the same time in a difficult environment, economic climate, plus the, the physical stress of running ultra marathons, I wasn't getting enough rest. So my body kind of, and I'm sure you've heard, you know, the body just kind of quit. Mm -hmm. And so it took me a couple of years and I was working body, with natural. Excuse me, body like, like, like your legs or the whole body or. I, so, you know, I, I, I. What was the physical manifestation of it? Energy. For energy. me, it was all energy. Energy. energy flow. I just. Okay. Didn't want to get off the couch. Okay, I understand. You know, I could mornings like I could get a nine hours of sleep and mm -hmm. not get and not have the energy to get out of bed. And then at two o'clock in the after, like I started doing it so I would take naps in the day because I couldn't make it through the day. I still like to nap, but that's because I enjoy it and I feel good. Um, and so yeah, it was just it was two years and I was working with a naturopath and we were you know I was doing hormone testing. I was doing you know I've done genetic testing to know what you know I've done a lot of gut microbiome testing to see what foods are the most sort best for me. So when I talk about a keto diet where I'm okay with some foods that aren't classically keto, 
it's because I, I've done enough testing to know what my body really likes. And so again, it's that sugar and flour. If I start eating cookies and cake, even bread, my energy level comes down. Whereas if I'm more whole food style, more keto style, even if I'm not perfect with the ratios, um, I tend that serves my energy. So today, so for me, it's 1.30 p.m. All I've had today is a shake around 10.30 a.m. What kind um, of shake? So it was a protein shake. Okay. Um, and so I don't, I, I don't actually blend it. I just, it's a, it's a, it's actually a vegan powder. Um, okay. I'm not vegan, but um, I like the brand. And so I actually add to that a lot of seeds and nuts. So I put in chia seeds, pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds. I put in cinnamon. I put in, you know, all of the superfoods. You call me a, you can say I fall prey to the superfood. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Okay, well, we're, we'll, uh, we'll cheers on our next shake together. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't put any fruit. I don't put anything else in. Um, and I just stir it and, and I kind of crunch I, cocoa nibs. I just kind of chew my shake. Can you, can you explain why not fruit? Um, for me, <laughs> this might be a different answer that you're looking for. For me, I actually stopped enjoying shakes that were blended with frozen fruit because I just uh -huh. found them harder to frozen eat. Frozen fruit, okay. okay that, understand. That's all it was. Yeah, yeah, um, I understand. Whereas when it's in a liquid form and the other thing, um, and that's a bit later in the day, but certainly as part of my morning routine, I have a half a liter of tea. So this morning I made just tea out of just ginger. I chopped ginger, put it in a strainer. Um, I have a minimum a half liter of that, minimum a half liter of water. So I start the day with a liter of water. How much of ginger that. do you use? Do, do uh, you have any breaks regarding ginger or you're using ginger? Because my partner and I, we are using ginger for a month and then we mm -hmm. take a break and then we are using it because it's very powerful. It's, it's yeah, very it is. Strong. So I don't have, I tend not to do ginger every morning. I'll, like there's ah, about okay. three or four teas I like, ginger tea, peppermint, just because uh -huh. I like it. And then when I want to do, if you know the bulletproof coffee kind of thing, I'm sure, uh, where you put no, the- No, no, if you can describe it, please. Sure. So uh, Bulletproof is a brand, Dave Asprey, really interesting guy, um, wants to live to 180. Um, in fact, I was supposed to go to up, Upgrade Labs uh, in Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, I think. And they have all the latest toys and, you know, gadgets. I, I was scheduled to go there at the end of March, but of course canceled it because of, you know, uh, we all know why. And um, so, you know, his thing is you make a coffee and caffeine is actually important in the more beginning of the day. Um, it's a, it's a mind enhancing, you know, drug, quote unquote drug. Um, and so he'll mix that with uh, grass fed butter and an MCT oil. Uh, and he'll do a blender. I don't drink coffee. So my version is I use, I actually, I was used to use green and black tea uh, as a, you know, that's where I would get the caffeine, but in the testing that I've done. Any um, green tea or a specific one? Uh, uh, I had one. Uh, I, I was using a specific black tea, which was, uh, I can't pronounce it, poor, poor or something. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, we can, we can, we can put in a link in post later yeah, on yeah, or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so that, and then a green tea, just like a, a strong green tea. Um, but I, I actually, in the testing I did, the genetics testing said green and black tea weren't great for me. So I actually went to a yerba mate. So that's where I get caffeine. So if I have a day where I feel like I need a little bit of caffeine, I'll have a yerba mate tea. Otherwise I'll do a peppermint or a ginger. Um, so I tend to do those. Um, not I, I, don't, I, I like to not do the same thing every day forever. I like to 
mostly because I get bored, but I also think it's good for the body to have some variety, but I'm not a doctor, I'm not an expert. So if I understood you well, there is a correlation between your specific tests and mm -hmm. what you are taking to your in, in your body. Yes, yeah, so I understood a, you well. So yeah, for so every one of us, is it's it's probably a different. Yeah, I I love the idea. Or, yeah, I l absolutely love the idea of customizing our health. So again, I'm 46, so I'm getting very specific with this now. Um, you know, I didn't think about this 20 years ago, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm uh, 45, so. Yeah, so we're, we're almost, almost the, same. the same. So, yeah, yeah. I understand and so you completely. I love the specificness of these tests. So, like, I did, the test I did was called Nutrition Genome. Um, you know, you, they send you a swab kit, you swab, you send it away. And it's, Excuse me, is it something online we can, yes. uh, we can. I, I don't know. So like one of the tests was that and you have to send it across the border with this, you know, the, it's a human sample. So I don't know about oh, okay. going from Europe. There'll be a is European from, version of this. Under it's 24 US. hours or, uh -huh, okay, okay. Yeah, this was from the US. I'm sure there's a European, there's probably better, there's probably better versions in Europe, to be honest. Yeah, who knows? Um, probably, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so there, and there's lots of them. This isn't the only one. And so what they do is once they read your genome, like the 23andMe or the more popular gene testing um, uh, companies, they actually read the genes that that turn on and off relative to your food. So you know, and and I'm not an expert, but you know, you get into the epigenomics and which genes are turning on and off. And so based on the genes, like I've learned, I actually process saturated fat very well. So animal fats are actually good for me whereas the carbohydrates are not and you know as an ultra runner i would literally live on carbohydrates you know i would have my my what i would put in my water was was a hundred percent sugar um, not not raw sugar it was a product that had other yeah, sure. minerals and stuff but it was only sugar and that was at probably the worst thing i could have been doing for myself but i didn't know better at the time so I just don't believe there's one diet that works for all of us. There sure. isn't one thing that works for all of us. So, you know, I mean, I, some people, I know one person who can't intermittent fast at breakfast, so he eats breakfast, but then doesn't eat dinner because that just works for him. I'll tell you though, if I, if I try intermittent fasting where I don't eat dinner, I won't sleep because I get so high, I have a very fast metabolism and I'll get hungry. So I'll wake up hungry or, and, and when I get hungry, I get, quite angry. And I, I find if there's a problem, I can't solve problems when I'm hungry. This is all so individualistic that, you know, I, I did a gene test. I did a hormone test. I did a gut microbiome test. And, you know, they're, they're finding more and more about how our gut, you know, is, is related to longevity and disease and all that type of thing. So, you know, and that, that was a really interesting test, not fun to take <laughs> that you have to, why that's a, that's a stool sample. No, no, not going to why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so you send that in. And, and so all of these very custom things, I find the closer I follow the recommendations, um, the better I feel and the more energetic I am. And I take supplements based on the results of those tests. And I behave based on the results of those tests. And I'm not perfect. And, you know, I love a bag of chips just like everybody yeah, sure. else. And okay. if I'm going to eat chocolate, it'll be a, you know, a nice 70, 75% dark. Um, but I'm pretty good at not eating 
the junk anymore. Um, just because I want, I, when I feel good, I feel so, you know, what, what is the saying, you know, uh, let me, I got to get this right is, uh, good habits are hard to create, but easy to live with, but bad habits are easy to create, but hard to live with. Awesome. You know, like when we have bad habits today, we don't notice the bad habit till the future, Absolutely. you know, and our good habits cost us today, but we feel the goodness in the future. So it takes a lot of discipline and I struggle like everybody else. I'm far from perfect, but I, you know. Sure thing, sure thing. Let's go back to brain space. So sure. if you can uh, define your brain space then and now. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was in your brain space? Yeah. You know, I think it's an evolution, obviously, Uh where we are. And and a lot of it, and this is classic stuff. I mean, you were asking about breath work and meditation. Is the awareness of our breath space or our brain space, so brain state? Well, actually, actually you you spoke about your brain space during uh, running Mm -hmm. uh, five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. And... I'm, yeah. I'm just curious, yeah. did you find anything interesting well, enough to share with us? Yeah, I found something I learned, and I've, I've talked to other people who have the exact same experience, is what I didn't realize until I became aware of it was how much I was arguing in my own brain. I was arguing with other people. You know, I'd drive into work ready for an argument with staff. I was waiting for a phone call to come in with an argument from a supplier or a customer. I'd drive home and my partner, I'd be ready for an argument. And I was always preparing for an argument, which is crazy, <laughs> you know, like, and oh, sometimes but it, I but get... But it's, it's inner communication. It's exactly. neuro-linguistic programming. I absolutely totally. understand you. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I'm always ready for this fight. And then somebody comes in like, hey, how are you doing? How are you having a great day? And I'm like, I'm almost disappointed it wasn't a fight. (laughs) And so, you know, I became very aware around when I'm arguing and making a decision in that moment. And that's the hardest part, right? And it's it sounds so easy, but it's so hard to do to to turn it to be like, okay, I don't want I don't want to argue. Excuse I me. Want... Excuse me. Do, 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 uh, are we speaking about the period when when you were nearby burning out? Uh, because basically, that's my focus. So that spoke... was a long time. Like my whole uh-huh. life, I did that. I think, uh-huh, and I think uh-huh, that uh-huh. led okay. in part so to the burnout. So it was the evolution, as you told. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And okay. so you know, and then I think it also led to the burnout because I was always in an agitated state. You uh, know, the okay. cortisone levels are up when you're in an argument. You know. Um, yeah, I, I heard it's all levels. Simulations. Yeah, right. I understand you. And so I did, I did a few things. So one, I made the intention of when I caught myself arguing, first of all, to acknowledge it, stop. And then what is the one thing I can do that's the productive right now? Or what, you know, how can I think of what's the one thing in my life I want to change? And that informs that question I do at night. You know, what can I do? And so that was part of it. And now I've evolved to where I, I, I put like an intention for the year. So, um, you know, I spent the last couple of years really on health. That was because of the burnout and I'm feeling good, mostly better. I still have days where I'm very tired. Um, and now I've moved to kind of the emotional side. And so it's like, what's my intention? And one of the things for me is, and I'll share a couple of them is, um, I've always been, um, kind of flat emotion. You know, some people are high and low. I'm quite flat. And so I want to experience 
all the ranges of emotion. So I set intention around that. And then that, that, you know, so I review that weekly. Another one is like, um, how do I be present to the abundance around me? And, you know, I'm very lucky. I live in Vancouver. It's a beautiful city. Um, I'm very fortunate. You know, I've, I've, I've many, many things to be grateful for, but often because I get caught up in the problems of the day, I stop forgetting about all the great things I have in my life. So it's like, I'm always trying to create more and be more and do more. Whereas what I have now is also amazing. So how do I just be more present to how great things are now? So I can just really enjoy and appreciate entrepreneurs. You know, it's always go, go, go. There's always the next thing, the next hurdle, the next goal. If I'm not going to run 50 miles, I'm going to run a hundred miles. If I've got, you know, 50 employees, I want a hundred employees, whatever I'm and I never stopped to go like, wow, I just ran 100 miles. Wow, I have 50. Right now, my business is not a, not is, is, is smaller, um, but I've had like 300 employees before. So, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in that. So now what I'm doing with my mind is I'm just trying to be so much more intentional about where my mind is, as opposed to just being like on... Um, you know, it's almost you think about you have the TV or the radio on in the background and there's just always that noise that you're not in control of. I'm just trying to be way more intentional and focused and slower. You see how fast I get going when I'm talking. Slow down, you know, that type of thing. Can we uh, merge somehow uh, where your mind is now with mm -hmm. your business model you have regarding your shift financial mm -hmm. insights? I'll tell you one thing that just um, uh, occurred to me as you were asking that question. Um, so I work with a coach now as well. He's a wonderful coach. And, uh, you know, the last six weeks have been pretty crazy busy, right? And, and he said to me, you know, what, you're going so fast, what can you do to slow down? And I thought to myself, okay, well, so I do a lot of speaking and in, in my speaking, the intention is to, you know, offer a lot of value and let people take whatever they can out of it. And if it resonates with them and they feel like they need our services or they maybe want to replace their accounting department because it's failing, then of course I'm available. And there's some business development there, but never in a salesy way. And so, you know, we were having this conversation and he said, you know, you're going so fast and you're doing so many talks. Imagine if you only had one talk this year, how would you approach that differently? How would you treat that audience differently? And, and I'm very fortunate that I've done a lot of speaking. I'm very comfortable with my material and I'm, I'm, it's fortunate that I get good ratings. And I, so I don't need to change the content, but then I had all of these ideas around how I can make it more personal for each person in the audience and how can I create more value for each person individually there with almost the same work for me. So it's not like I have to go hundred miles an hour, but I can offer so much more value from each talk. And so from a mindset shift is before when it was always the spinning going as fast as I can or arguing and you know, that type of thing. Now it's okay with each moment, with my interview with you, I mean, I mentioned before we started, I came into the back room because there's construction next door. What are the little things I can do to be more present for you? You know, I did, I, I know I, I, I operate better when I do an intermittent fasting morning. So I prepared for this. I did intermittent fasting. 
I, but I also had a shake because I knew if I hadn't had some food by now, I wouldn't be at my best. So everything, so now it's a matter of, it's not the volume of things I'm doing in a day, it's the quality of it. And you know, it's amazing how, what can shift one thought can change the entire business model, the entire value proposition, rather than going on in that robot mode where we just go over and over. Autopilot, do, yes. Autopilot mode, you're 100%. How do I slow down and just really, really get value for that? So I actually have a talk next week and I'm putting these new steps in place and I'm so excited to see what difference it is because the talk I've got pretty dialed. Like I've done it lots. I, I, I know it's a value. I feel really positive about it, but now I've added two or three things to personalize it for the individual and get them. And I, you know, what are the things that people weren't getting before and changing two slides, those little things are, I feel so good about that. That's really from a mindset. If I'm in autopilot, if I'm in argue mode, if I'm in super fast mode, I would never have found those two or three little gems, you know, because you're, when you're going so fast, creating that creative source. I've made Mondays, no meeting Mondays. Uh -huh. Mondays okay. is just to create space, to think, to, 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 to write, to, to come up with what's the next uh, idea, that type of thing. Yeah. That's so that's amazing. A, that's amazing. That's a pretty I, big shift yeah, mentally. Yeah, that's amazing. My last my last uh, discussion was with a thought leader from India, and he mm -hmm. has uh, every Wednesday it's day for thinking, you know, mm -hmm. without any any specific job. So it's interesting. Well, well, you are you are in in Canada. He's in India, yeah. and it's it's a pretty similar. What is a, a moment for you? Um, is it uh, like Eckhart Tolle here and now, or is it something else? Or yeah, that's a great question. That's actually really deep. <laughs> it is. Um, that's a really deep question. I, for me, the moment. So, so one, it's creating the space. So there's the tactical side, which is I actually have to create the space for the moment. So that's partly what Monday is. It's partly why I try not to take meetings before nine a.m. And I allow myself space to do my morning routine with the journal. So the moments for me is when I'm here now and I'm not thinking about my next meeting. I'm not thinking about my next vacation. I'm not. So to me, that's the power of the moment is just when it's here. And I, and I think even um, when I was running as much as I did, uh, you know, very quick story. And I use this as a reference point in my life a lot. Um, we did a, an out and back crossing of the Grand Canyon. It was 50 miles, uh, wow. 80 kilometers, uh, and 11,000 feet by the time you go down, up, Amazing. down, up, um, was 11,000 feet of climbing. And it was actually, even though I've done a run twice as long, that was the worst I ever felt running. And I was coming back up and it was a 5,000 foot climb. And like for reference, you know, I live in Vancouver. Whistler is a ski resort. It's kind of pretty well known around the world now. And it's, you know, from the top to the base is 5,000 feet. So this is one of the big ski resorts in the world. So we're talking about climbing up the equivalent of one 5, of the biggest ski feet. resorts. Wow. 5,000 feet. And I was feeling terrible and I didn't have a choice. Like I can't just sit down. I'm in the middle of the Grand Canyon. You got to get out. And so sure. I remember I got to a point where I was feeling so terrible that I just 
you know, like my defenses, you know, we all walk around with our defenses every day yeah. and our armor, quote unquote. Yeah, sure. It was Lost. all gone because I didn't have energy for the defenses. And it was just mm -hmm. like, I feel terrible. If you don't like that, I feel terrible. I don't care. If you don't like how I'm being right now, I'm just being me because I have no energy for anything else. And so for me, that was one of the most present moments in my life where I was only focused on exactly what was happening there. And I use that as an example for myself often of, you know, I had to beat myself up. I'm, you know, I've got a thick head, right? I'm an entrepreneur. I'm crazy. And I had to beat my, I had to go running 50 miles to break myself down enough to be able to really be fully present. And so I reflect on that moment a lot. I meditate on that moment a lot and try and bring that into my days to be like, what is it like to really just be true and authentic? Like I'm loving this conversation. You know, I've, I've been lucky. I've done lots of, of podcasts and I end up talking about accounting in this report or that report. And I'm happy to do that. But this is the goal. Like this is what, what makes us who we are and creates, you know, like maybe somebody will hear something and, and elevate their life. And, you know, I've already learned things from you about elevating mine and, you know, how you're living right now and the challenges and all of that. And just meeting your wife and your dog, like how incredible is that? You know, we can spend our life talking about this accounting or that. Like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm very passionate about it. It's what uh, I love I to help entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's in those moments of connection that's really, really the, the, the depth. Sure. So those are my moments. That's, that's sure. what I mean by a moment. Sure. So, so, so if I understood you well, you have a space like a context mm -hmm. and you have a reflection as a path for being authentic. Mm -hmm. And what's in the core or what's the core of the process? Um, yeah, great question. You know, it's, it's, uh, I struggle to explain this because while I understand it intellectually, it's hard to, it's, it's of, hard to, 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 yeah. to speak with our words. Definitely. Yeah. It's as, as silly sounding as awareness, just mm. awareness of where the mind is at. And that's again, why I set those intentions and you said authentic, right? You know, I've always held back myself, um, about how I express myself because of what somebody might think. So now my intention is if I want to do something, you know, if it's your, your, your wife was dancing in behind for a moment there, some yeah. people would be afraid to do that because they don't want to be seen on camera dancing. If I want to dance, I'll dance. If I want to sing, I'll sing. And if you don't like my singing, and that's the awareness, right? Is, is she's taken this very challenging time and used it as a way to create positivity. And, and without awareness, we can't do that. Without awareness, we get in that robot mode. Um, what did you call it? The um, autopilot. Uh, autopilot, yeah. yeah. You know, and so how do we get out of that? And it's like, okay, well, I choose to express myself the way I want to express myself. You know, I'm actually, this might surprise you, but I'm pretty shy. And, you know, mm -hmm. if I were, I was, on, I was um, actually speaking, believe it or not, in Nicaragua, in Central America, wow. um, a few months uh, in last year before beautiful. kind of everything happened. And I remember I was in a, a beautiful little town. I took some extra time to do some writing for my book. And I was in a restaurant. I was by myself and there was a young lady sitting at a table by herself. And, and I was going to go and I wanted to go sit down and have, you know, say, hey, can I join you for lunch? And I, I had no intention, you know, I had a girlfriend at home. It was just, mm -hmm. I just, it's nice to have lunch with somebody. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, maybe she's going to think I'm trying to hit on her or pick her up sure. or that. 
da 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 da. And she was quite a bit younger than me. And so I ended up sitting at a different table by myself. I'm like, and afterwards, I'm like, why did I do that? Yeah. Like, she could have said no, and I sit at the table by myself anyway. And so when I say expressing myself, that's what I mean. Like, and since then, there have been many times where it's like I come in, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't. Oh, actually, no. My, I want to express myself, and if they don't take it as how I intend it, well, okay, then life goes on. And so I've actually made a couple of friends, and I've had some amazing conversations with people that in the past I wouldn't have because of the awareness of what I want to create and how I want to show up in this world compared to how I'm being. So again, part of that evening reflection is what, when am I not aligned with how I want to be? And that way, the next time it happens, I, I'm more uh, ready. That's the tactical, more ready to express myself fully. So if I Next time I'm in Nicaragua and I walk in and there's somebody sitting by, and it could have been a guy. It didn't matter that it was a woman. It could have been you. And I, you know, amaz- imagine the conversation we could have had if that was you at the table, sure. but I was too shy to come up and say hello. So now I'm, I've had so many rich conversations, even what we're talking about here with strangers about how they live their life and what intentions are they setting I mean, how much more interesting is that than what are you doing this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go back to a few more practical advices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we spoke about you getting up at about 6 a.m. Yeah. And you have... No alarm. No, with no alarm. No alarm. And... Uh, it, unless, s- I, unless I have a meeting, of course, that's okay. early. Like tomorrow I have a call at 6 a.m., I'll okay. set an alarm for 5.30 just to make sure. Okay, sure. But, but I like the idea, and you, you were talking about the sleep cycles before. Yeah. I want to wake up at the top of a sleep cycle, not in the depth of a sleep oh, cycle. Okay. So if for some reason I fall asleep later and that means I wake up at 6.15, great. If that means I wake up at 5.45, great. But I always wake up within a half an hour, and that way I don't get jolted alert. From yeah, sure. Alarm. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. So 6 a.m.-ish, no, yes. I understand. No, no, fine. Yeah. We are in, in, a, in a conversation. So mm-hmm. some people, after, after they wake up, they, they start learning. Mm-hmm. Do you start with generating your space as we defined it and mm-hmm. some reflections? Or yeah. are you going running, uh, exercising? Yeah. Do, you, do you have any, any routine, practice yeah. routine or, or yeah. is it every day it's, it's different? No, I, I have a pretty long routine actually, which is why I don't set meetings till nine. And that includes, like, I think I mentioned before, the one thing, the one question from the night before, the gratitudes. Um, I do read. So, and it, that can be, you know, I, I really like books with short chapters. I'm reading a great book right now called Time Warrior. My coach recommended it to me. Have, have you, are you familiar with that one? Yeah, yeah. I heard yeah. about it. I, I still did not start reading yeah. it, but I will definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And like, two and three page chapters. So like, you know, I might read only one of those and sometimes I'll read five of them. So I love books like that. Um, uh, so I'll do that. I'm, I'm, I'm learning French right now. So I'll do some Duolingo French practice. Um, and then my physical is a mix of back exercises because I shared with you my chronic back. So I do, um, I've got about six or seven back exercises. And uh, when I do them religiously, my back doesn't hurt. When I get lazy, my back hurts. So I don't get lazy for very so, long. So you, you get feedback from your body. <laughs> very quickly. Um, and then, you know, for me, because I've always been such an endurance athlete, one of the tests I did when I was sort of working on my physical space uh, was a scan of my body. It showed I had very low bone density. 
So uh -huh. um, actually, like I'm one step away from osteoporosis, oh. which my grandfather had, and I do not want to have. And so um, I actually have to do more weights now. And I don't like doing weights, but I want to live healthy for a long time. And right now it's hard because I don't have a full gym at home yeah, sure. and I can't go to the gym. Um, but I have a couple dumbbells here and, and sure. I'll do push-ups and pull-ups and that type of thing. So I do more body strengthening uh, type things. And then I always try and have every day, almost every day, um, even if it's like um, a seven minute hit workout, a high intensity interval training, you know, um, where it's- Can you define it? So there's different versions, but it's often like 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. Oh, so 20 okay. seconds of push-ups, 10 seconds rest. Oh, okay. 20 seconds of jumping jacks, 10 second rest. 20 seconds of running Whatever. on the spot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so there's you're, tons you're, of... you're basically working with your body. Yeah. yeah. So there's always a, a physical element in the morning. It's mm -hmm. so important for the mind. I mean, there's, again, I'm not a doctor, but you can find study after study after study that says if you start the morning with some sort of physical workout. I mean, and especially now for especially, and I'm lucky in Vancouver, we're not, we're, I can leave the house. I can walk around the block. I can go for a run on the trails. I live near trails here. So I do that a lot. And there's very few people out. So um, we're not on full lockdown. So that's lucky, but especially for people at home stuck on lockdown doing a, you know, you don't need a fancy stuff, right? You need, you can do a hit workout with no equipment whatsoever other than the floor, right? Um, and there's so many of them you can find on YouTube. It's just that the, yeah, sure. the resources are all there. Is um, it, so excuse me, is it, is it something that you started after you burned out or? So a lot of the practices that I do now are more intentional because they're either addressing my physical burnout, my back issue, and you know, those also came together because when my back was so bad, you, you mentioned you had chronic back issues. True. Yeah. When you can't work out, that also impacts your mental health. Mental health, yeah. And so for people who don't work out at all and they start working out, they start seeing the benefits. Whereas when those of us who are accustomed to working out, we can't, it really becomes a negative drain. So for me, like for a long time, I didn't have to worry about being intentional with working out because when you're training for an ultra marathon, you're, you're getting exercise every day. Absolutely. And I love, you know, I love sport and, you know, I mean, it's limited right now. Um, but you know, I like, I love climbing. So there's an indoor climbing gym. It's closed right now, but you know, I, I'm looking forward to doing that again. Um, biking outside, running outside. So, so in the past, I've just always been active and now um, it's more intentional where I'm not just exercising because it's fun. I'm exercising because I'm trying to achieve a physical goal of health and my, you know, my tests are all, I track those to see, you know, am I progressing, especially at my age, if I can hold how I am now, it's great. I'm, I'm more fit than most 30 year olds. Right. So. Absolutely. So how does it fit, better to say, how does it influence on you managing your employees, you doing your daily business? Mm -hmm. um, so first of all, I built my business, fortunately, is totally remote right from day one. So everybody's accustomed to being at home and being remote. All of our accountants work from home. Um, my president works from home where everybody works from home. Um, and, and I also built this with the intention of flexibility. 
So, you know, a lot of our, I think all of our accountants are parents and some of them and not right now, but they like to pick up kids from school or drop them at school. So some I know start at 4 a.m. because it's quiet and they like to work. I know one likes to work at 10 p.m. I don't care. You get your work done whenever you want to get it done. Yes, we have meetings and people have to be present for meetings. And yes, we have client obligations. You have to be available for that. But you do what works for you. So if your life is richer because you can pick up your kids at three o'clock every day when if you were going to an office, you couldn't, that's a gift that I want our whole team to have and enjoy. So everybody has access to my calendar. If they want to book a time, there's slots that are available for booking. If it's urgent, of course, you know, like if it's something's going on and it's 7.30 a.m., I'm available if it's urgent. But generally speaking, everybody knows my schedule. There's time available for them. And most often our interruptions are because somebody else has something, not because it's actually urgent. So it's just, you know, Mondays people know I'm not available unless it's urgent. Excuse um, me, regarding urgency, do you have your uh, own personal assistant dealing with urgency or? Yeah, so. I mean, what's your business model? So the model is yes, I do. Mm -hmm. and, and generally my assistant manages my email and we actually have a folder called urgent and that's the only one I look at. <laughs> okay. we, have a, we have another folder called procrastinate that I go in once a week and I clear out. And that stuff, FYI, or get to it when you can, or somebody's asking a question that's not urgent. Um, right now, and I mean, as I said, our business went down 35%. Uh, we made the decision to go without um, uh, an assistant. So it's a bit harder because I'm managing my own email and it's I'm, I fall behind. And generally the way it works now is by Friday afternoon, I get stressed out about my email and I go and I blitz it. Um, and Unfortunately, you are in sport a lot, so so you have your anti-stress techniques. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I'm, and I've I've also gotten, I've also learned kind of, and this is a mindset thing. You know, I te I don't look at email until 9 a.m. I really don't. Um, if my team needs me, they know to text me. I'll respond Beautiful. to a text. So and you I, have your own space from yeah. approximately 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Oh, pretty much every day. Um, it gets interrupted with, you know, other meetings or like uh, I mentioned the entrepreneurs organization because I'm, I'm a member of a couple global committees. The problem when you do a global call and you're in Vancouver, it means the calls are always at 530 AM because that means it's 1130 PM for yeah, somebody. Sure. And if, you know, um, yeah. I think the people that have it the best are the ones in Eastern North American time zone. It's always 9 a.m. Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> for yeah, us, you know, lucky, what, lucky what time is it for you right now? Oh, it's 11 p.m. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here we are, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I understand thank you completely. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> so you know, there's exceptions, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't live my life with everything as a hard and fast rule. You know, if I have a call at 6 a.m., it means I don't do my morning routine that day. And I'm okay with that as long as I don't miss it more than a couple of times. And then because, because I find it's a habit. And if I'm out of the habit, it's easy to keep missing it. When I'm in the habit, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Same with my night routine. If I miss it too many days in a row, then I start forgetting about it. Mm -hmm. But you know, when I'm very disciplined with it, the days I don't have that morning time, I feel it the rest of the day. You know, my mind, I just, I feel it. And so it's gotten to the point where I look forward to that. In the beginning, it was a chore to do. It was one of those, you know, good habits are hard to, to create. 
but easy to live with. And, and so it took a long time to get to this point. It took me probably a couple of years of being really disciplined with the routine. And then I'd start it and then I wouldn't do it for three months and then I'd forget, oh, okay, I'll do it again. Yeah, sure. um, so yeah. We are almost done with our one hour conversation. Do you have any special offer for our audience, Spencer? Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, there's a couple of thoughts on that. And in my approach to this is, as I said before, my why is to help entrepreneurs change the world by helping them through their financial blind spot. And so there's a couple of things. So um, uh, I recently put out a book called Entrepreneurs. I released it two weeks before the apocalypse happened. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Luckily, fortunately for me, we did very well in the beginning and it's a bestseller. Uh, it's a bestseller on Amazon now in wow. both Canada and the US. Congrats, um, congrats. Thank you. There was a lot of work to put that together. And in there, so, you know, I really speak to entrepreneurs who struggle uh, with their financials. And, and actually, it doesn't really matter what country, it doesn't matter what the rules are because they're similar enough. And so for me, it's all about how to get information in a way that's easily to be used for the entrepreneur. So that's what entrepreneurs is. It's, it's not an accounting text. There's stories, there's jokes, it's fun. And so if anybody's struggling, that's a great place to start. And entrepreneurs.com, there's a bunch of free downloads there where you can go and it's like there's five very easy questions you can ask your accounting team to see if they're up for it, to see if they know how to get you there. Beautiful domain there, name, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Entrepreneurs.com. And so we, uh, and so there's that, there's a download of a sample reporting package. And a lot of what I talk about is taking the data and taking it from like the ugly accountant form into pictures, graphs, charts, that as soon as you see it, you instantly understand the story. Oh, wow. We're going the wrong way for the last three months. I didn't realize that. Because right. So, so no, not for digital, digital uh, people, but for yeah. visual yeah type of people exactly yeah, and especially non-financial people so non there's an example people, yeah. of a package that any of your listeners who are entrepreneurs can take um to their accounting team and say give this to me and you know if anybody all my contact details out in the world and i've got linkedin and you know uh, facebook all the all the good things um which uh, you wouldn't be surprised i don't manage myself because i try to actually not spend too much time on social media i understand, I um, understand. but but it is managed and 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 so if somebody's really struggling with this and it actually really doesn't matter where in the world it is um you know we're we're really best suited for service-based entrepreneurs who are doing up up to about 10 million us dollars Beyond that, I think you need a team in-house. Sure. Some, pe some people argue you can still outsource it, but I, I would argue against that depending on the situation. Yeah, absolutely. So if somebody's really struggling, um, you know, if they send me an email or a LinkedIn message um, referencing your podcast, uh, I'm happy to have a conversation with them for free, a half hour consulting. I offer that up um, and I'll let you know when, whenever anybody does so you can see who's listening and calling me from around the world. Um, oh, those that's are the exciting. That's yeah, really yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah you Great. bet. So I'm happy to, 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 to offer that up to your, your, um, uh, your listeners. I mean, you know, I make $2 a book. It's not that I'm trying to sell a bunch of books and get rich. Um, it's about I'm trying to help, help people. And I've had several people tell me they've read the book and made changes in their business that have been game changing. So 
I'm super passionate about this. I'm super passionate about helping entrepreneurs. Um, I'm super passionate about seeing what entrepreneurs can do to make change in the world, especially today. You know, we're going to get through this because entrepreneurs are the ones who are going to inspire change in the world and take action in the world and be the first ones to take the risks when other people aren't willing to. So, so that book is a great resource, a lot of free downloads, a lot of free available stuff for you. And if somebody, once they've had a chance to look through that, has questions, reach out to me on LinkedIn, Spencer at entrepreneurs. Sorry, Spencer at shiftfinancial.co. That uh -huh. one's not .com because somebody, okay. somebody reserved it and wanted to charge me $14,000 for the domain name. And I said, no. Shame um, on them. <laughs> exactly. I, I, will not, I will not be held hostage. Don't do it. People. Don't do it. So we went I, know you can, I, I know you can pay it, but don't do it. <laughs> don't know. I, I ref, that's dirty. So uh, sorry, shiftfinancial.co. Spencer at shiftfinancial.co. Feel free to reach out. I'm happy to have a discussion with anybody who's struggling with knowing if their accounting team is doing a good job, uh, needing some advice or some help there. Um, it's my gift to uh, all of your listeners. So Spencer, my new friend, thank you so much for, for being into the 21st century entrepreneurship. We had yeah, a great time. Pleasure. I mean, we, we really... Amazing. I, had, this is one of my great... favorite interviews. One of my favorite oh, interviews Oh, thank you very ever. much. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskorik. Thanks for listening. 